All right. Okay, all right. That was a lot. That was a little much. All right. Man, that was good. A little too good. Um, hey, guys, so awesome to be with you the last couple of days. Man, um, and I know we've said it before, but let's just acknowledge the last couple of years have been a beatdown. Um, leading has never been harder for pretty much all of us in our lifetime. Um, when I hear guys like Rigby say that stuff, it just it does, does, does kind of comfort me a little bit, you know, because it feels like that. It feels really hard. And, um, and so it's a mixture of, man, it's been tough, but, man, God has been so kind. I mean, last night we, we about broke the stage, you know, and, and, and it was just incredible to, like, see how God had added to our number. And, and so many of you I've talked to you, and you just have story after story of, like, yeah, it was dark, but God showed up, and God did this, and God did that, and so, man, it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, so that's all, right? Like, we know that. Like, it's been hard, uh, but God's been kind, but I just want to say, like, there's something unique about this that's different than that, that's actually especially uh, special because of all of that, um, and that's the fact that we're in the room together. Um, and frankly, the fact that we're in the room together, to me, feels like a miracle because never, ever, ever, ever would it have been easier for any of us just to bail. But we're here. But we don't just be here. We don't just be in the room. We went to a meeting, checked that box. We actually want to do something together. We want to partner together. We want to, um, we, we, don't, we, don't just, we don't just have a sort of holy huddle. We want to move onward together. That was the whole point behind this, this, this conference is let's acknowledge the fact that God is dealing with us and rooting things out of us. He wants to grow us in humility, but man, we don't want to just sort of turn into navel-gazing little holy huddlers. We, 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 we still have a mission for the world, and so God, lead us onward, right? And so I want to talk to us um, out of, the, out of the, the book of Jude this morning um, on staying the course, on faithfully going uh, onward, faithfully onward, faithfully staying the course. Um, Jude is uh, writing in this short little letter to believers, uh, encouraging them to contend for the faith, um, to make it to the end. And we're going to dive into uh, uh, verses 17 through 19, and we're just going to work our way through this. And we're going to spend some time praying for, you, for, for each other here at the end. Verse 17 through 19. But you must remember, you must remember, beloved, you must remember the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, they said to you in the last time there would be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It's these who cause divisions. It's worldly people. They're devoid of the Spirit. First happy point number one, as we stay the course, let's keep remembering the journey is difficult. Not very happy, is it? It'll get better. Um, but this is necessary. We're tired coming out of COVID and just the exhaustion of decision fatigue. And no matter what you did, everyone was mad at you. And we're tired coming out of that. All the fears. I mean, I remember early, early, early on, I thought, like, what if, what if like, these worst things happen? What if, like, what if half the people I know die? It's nice now that it didn't happen, but, like, let's just teleport ourselves back to a moment where we were like, yeah, but like, my God, what if? We're exhausted from this. And you had social unrest, and you had all the uncertainty. We're, you had the darkness and the sadness and, and the shame and all the mess that we've been through. Man, it's been tough. And I am, I'm sure like you are, praying and 
when I'm trying to lean in on, 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 on the prophetic or when I'm like listening to people who've got that gift, I'm, I'm hoping there's talking about like rainbows and unicorns and, and, and all the beautiful things that's going to happen. And we're never going to go through anything sad again. Like I'm praying for a season of joy and rest and multiplication and all the rest. But, but what I am nervous of is that you and I fall into a mindset of, glad that's over. We do well to remember, if we're going to stay the course, that there will be hard times again. Jesus said it in John 16, In the world, you will have tribulation. It's easy to go through something really hard and sad and, and, and traumatic and think, well, I'm glad it's never going to happen like that again. It's never going to be that bad again. But that's not going to help us make it. We need to remember this. You must remember, beloved. He wants them to remember it's going to be hard. I know this isn't a fun point, but it's, it's necessary because if you and I don't remember, what we're setting ourselves up for is more bitterness, for getting hope deferred and our hearts getting sick. Our town, um, we live in a little island town uh, off of North Carolina, and four and a half years ago, we were hit by Hurricane uh, Florence, and they said it was a 100-year storm, as in it's, you know, one in 100 years you get a storm this bad, and it was bad. Um, I've grown up there. I've lived through dozens of hurricanes. I've had all kinds of, you know, hurricane experiences. This one was unique. It, it moved very slow, and, it, and, and because of that, it literally set still, and it just pounded, and it pounded, and it pounded. And we stayed at home, you know, um, and, and we watched trees fall, trees fall, trees fall. In the middle of the night, we had just fallen asleep when, like, a huge sound happened. A tree fell in our house, and, I mean, it was traumatic. It was, uh, we woke up, and we had to take chainsaws and and cut our way out of our front yard. And then we, we spent weeks on, on, on excavators and, and using chainsaws and on roofs. And, and then months, you know, trying to help, you know, people rebuild. That just devastated our community. Hundred-year storm. One year later. <laughs> Hurricane Dorian. Uh, we who live where we live, we watch. We, if you live where I live, you got to be like a meteorologist on the side, Right? Um, we've all got like 15 weather apps and all that stuff. We watched Hurricane Dorian come up and destroy the Bahamas. Well, usually these storms kind of do that and then they kind of go their own merry way. And this one went out and then tracked back right towards us. And it was like dread and panic. I mean, we're not even over this yet. We're not even over Florence. And it rolled into this kind of island, a couple islands over from us called Ocracoke. 895 residents. And they had like a six-foot uh, flood come in in a matter of less than an hour. We rolled in the next morning. We were there before the National Guard on crab boats. There was supplies. And um, I heard story after story. I heard, uh, parents, a woman grabbed me. She was sobbing. She had shoved her, her children into the attic of their home as water swirled around her. Another couple, older couple, laid in their bed and just held hands as the water rose around their bed and just waited to die together. My friends, I wasn't ready for another 100-year storm within 12 months. And I still have some PTSD remnants from that. Um, every time there's a power outage, I get anxious. Weather used to be fun for me. It's not anymore. And I'm hoping and praying for, for no more hurricanes, but like history has taught me that it could happen. And I'm hoping for us, for rainbows and sunshine and all the blessings in the wide, whole wide world, but... I think Scripture tells us we do well to remember that we need to, to, to have a posture 
of endurance, a posture of contending. In this life, we don't, it, it's, it's dangerous for our souls and our minds if we, if we kick our, our, our feet up and we lean back. Because we have been promised things will get hard. You're like, Jesus, this is the worst message ever. It, it'll, it'll, it'll get better. How do we endure? How, it's just necessary to log that. So how, how, will it, how will it get better? I trust that some of this is resonating with you already. You know, Andrew said, you know, if you have, a, if you have an incident and your church is named after it, like the Antioch incident, that, that's a bad thing. You think, I thought, man, if you're in ministry long enough, you, you get a couple incidents. You know, we've been through some hard stuff. So how do we endure well? This gives us, this passage gives us such help. Verse 20 through 21. But you, beloved, so you remember that, but, but hey, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I think we get a charge out of this passage to, to, for things to hold on to. So the first one is keep holding on to Jesus. Hey, it's going to be hard, but keep holding on to Jesus. Hey, you, you and I may get smacked in six months with something else. Keep holding on to Jesus. This is better than, okay, it's going to be hard, like a tough mutter, you know, or some kind of like a physical endurance event where you're like, I just got to put one foot in front of the other. That's not what the scripture calls us to. It's not calling to us to our own self-sustained endurance. It's calling us to endure by fixing our eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep holding on to Jesus. Something of the gift in the last couple of years is that God has helped us to make sure where we're getting our confidence from isn't in ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 1, Paul says, The ministry experience for us in Asia felt like the sentence of death, but the good news was it caused us to rely not on ourselves, but on a God who could raise the dead. And so it's been hard, but in that way, we can look back and go, Jesus, we're grateful for it. We're grateful when you strip us down. To nothing but, man, thank God you raised the dead. Our church is 13 years old um, this year. And uh, I, I want to show a picture of our first Sunday. Get ready for it. Here it comes. Just prepare yourself for how you're going to respond. <laughs> That's Jill's first husband. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Yesterday, um, Brian asked everyone in the room who was thinking of church planning to stand up, and it was a good charge. This is me saying, hey, count the cost, all right, because that's what I look like before I planted a church. <laughs> that's a nice head of hair. I mean, it wasn't like Mike Holmes nice, but it was nice, you know? All right, you can take it down. Um, <laughs> I actually was nervous that I sent that because I know somehow it'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fact. Jill looks the same, right? So when we first planted that first Sunday, we were meeting in the living room. We had no money. We had no people. We had no idea what we were doing. And because of that, we prayed a lot. Because we were really vulnerable. Because we didn't know anything. We were terrified. The first Sunday, one of the guys, James, is here. He was there on the first Sunday. I said to them, please don't invite anyone. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I swear to you, it's not a joke. I begged them. In fact, the second Sunday, two of the guys came to me. There was only seven of us. Two of them came and said, hey, man, we're super sorry. We saw a guy last night. He looked really like he was in a bad place. We invited him. We know you told us not to. <laughs> and I, I was furious. <laughs> what? have you done? <laughs> what part of don't invite people 
Did you not understand? I'm freaking out here. Now, fast forward 13 years. God has been really, really, really kind. I mean, like crazy kind. Like, we could have never imagined. I mean, it's insane. And that has led to lots of resources, people and buildings and money and influence, and all the rest. You know what? That can't, that's such a blessing. You know what it can do? It can cause me and our church to start just trusting in ourselves. Don't need to pray. Write a check. Um, a decade-ish ago, when a few of us gathered in a little tiny house and slept on the floor on little sleeping bags and then prayed and dreamed about what if God would use us together to plant churches all over the world. It was like a fantasy. That's what it felt like, a fantasy. And we prayed and we said, God, please, little five loaves and fish, just breathe on it, God. And I'm telling you, I never saw this. Like that last night, I was emotional. I just never imagined. God has been so good. But what it can lead to is us trusting in ourselves. In John 15, Jesus reality checks us. Abide in me and in I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it's he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, my advanced family, let's be thankful for the blessings. I mean, offerings to like help, you know, get behind churches and help get behind leaders. I mean, this, this is amazing. Church plants all over the place, amazing. New, new nations, new continents, amazing. Be thankful for the blessing. Keep holding on to Jesus. Keep abiding in Jesus. I was asked uh, recently to talk for a few minutes about um, a compelling vision for a healthy lead elder, right? In the stark contrast of, of what you know, we've seen sort of in evangelicalism and around us, what would be like is something I would, I would, when I think about what's the compelling, what's the dream, right? What's the vision? What's the dream for a healthy elder? And I tell you, you know, 13 years ago when I first planted One Harbor, I would have had something, you know, that would have been like, yeah, rah, 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 rah. It would have been amazing. It would have inspired. And I just kept getting drawn back to 2 Timothy 4. I'm being poured out like a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. You know, here's where I'm at now. When I think about what the dream is, I don't, I don't want to get famous. I just want to make it. I just want to make it to the end. I, I, I don't want to be some of this part of the biggest and the best. I just I want my friends to make it. I want you to make it. I want me to make it. Let's freshly determine our, to follow Jesus and to finish the race and to keep the faith. Keep holding on to Jesus. But it's not something we just do by ourselves. In fact, if we go back and revisit those, those verses in verse 20 and 21, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus that leads to eternal life. The writer here intentionally makes this plural. In fact, Matt, who is much smarter than me, has confirmed for me this is, in fact, the Greek word y'all. Right? You guys know that one? Yeah. Who's stupid now? Who's stupid now? 
we, we go, man, I got to build myself up. I got to keep, I got to do all this stuff myself. My, no, no. Building yourselves. It's, 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 this is a charge to build yourselves up together, to pray in the Holy Spirit together, to keep yourselves in the love of God together. There is an, no one can love Jesus for you, but there is, there is an intended um, uh, lens that the New Testament, when, when it looks at the Christian life, it, it, it intends that we would contend together for one another. And many of us have been discipled into individualism. And so we default read the scriptures through a lens of anytime there's plural, we make it singular. Matt was working this text through with us recently at our church. Hebrews 2.1. So some of us go, I hope I don't drift away. I better try hard not to drift away. Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it. You and I will probably drift away. Maybe you will drift into full-blown heresy. Maybe you will drift into comfort or consumerism. I don't know what your drift would be. But I bet if you're by yourself, you're going to drift away. We, we, we. My friends, never should it have be more clear to us how desperately we need each other. This is not just a nice to have. This is a have to have. This is a have to have. Paul, Paul uh, in, in, his, uh, in, in that passage, um, in, uh, in 2 Timothy 4, where he's, he's sort of leaning across the finish line. He's, he's, he's peering into heaven. He can, he can taste and smell heaven. He can almost see Jesus face to face. He's, the time of my departure has come. And in the next little verse, he says in verse 9, he says to Timothy, Hey, do your best to come to me soon. Paul didn't just need Jesus. Paul needed his friends. He needed friends in ministry. And you and I need each other. I've said... Um, through the years, I got given a card by my friend Josh years ago that, he, he, that prompted, just did something in me that he probably didn't know what was going to do in me. He wrote this little line in this card, just said, man, I want to grow old together. I want to sit on rocking chairs as we watch our grandkids play and we're still making much of Jesus. And it just like jumped in my heart as like, a, I want I, that, that, yeah, that, I want that. And I've said that through the years and I started to realize we're growing old. Like I keep acting like one day we're going to grow old together. And then I look back at the pictures and I'm like, good, good Lord, we're there. My God. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to start auditioning for Santa next conference. I'll sit here. You guys can bring a kid. Just sit them down. We'll do the whole thing. We're growing old together. You know, in the last 10 years, those of us who've been on this journey for a little while, we've gotten to know each other a little better. We're like an old married couple now. We've seen what the wear and tear of the years can do to our bodies. And for most of us, it's been kind of sad, but predictable, right? <laughs> More than that, like an older couple, like an old married couple, we have had tons of reasons to call it quits. Not little like, little like newly married fights, like full-blown tons of reasons. Lots of reasons to call it quits. And like an old married couple, the time that's gone by and the difficulties that we've endured actually mean that we are better poised than ever to love and serve each other. Because we've moved past the image of what it would be like to be together to the reality of what it is like to be together. So we're better poised. And hopefully, more than ever, convinced that we need each other. That we have a mutual responsibility for one another. 
There's a group of guys, um, John Murphy calls it like ride or die list. Uh, there's, a, there's a group of guys, a list of guys that I have a get on the plane, get on a plane list. I will get on a plane for them, no questions asked. Phone call, I need you, I'm on a plane. Who's on that list for you? Who's going to fly to you and who are you going to fly to or drive to or walk to? Who's that list? We're, we have to contend for one another. So we hold on to Jesus. We hold on to each other. But if we just stop there, that is, in fact, a holy huddle. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful, but it's not all that God has intended for us. Verse 22 and 23. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire, and to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained with the flesh, by the flesh. What is this? Doubters. Those whose lives are burning down. Those who need mercy. This is a charge, my advanced family, for us to keep holding out Jesus to a hurting world. Keep holding on to Jesus. Keep holding on to each other, and let's keep holding out Jesus to a hurting world. We have work to do still. Do you know why I know that? It's super simple. Because we're breathing. Because we ain't dead. That's why we still got some work to do. If we were done, we'd be dead. It's super simple, right? I'm a simple man, okay? It's, it's, it's a big difference between Andrew Wilson and me. I asked Brian Barton, he said, how are you doing? I said, well, I have to preach after Andrew Wilson. He goes, this is how he encouraged me. There's going to be a break. That's, th- hey, thanks, man. I- I'm going to go hide in the bathroom. Is that cool? Like, <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Okay, I'll receive it. Hey, we still have work to do because we're not dead. And what is this work we have to do? Make a marginal difference? No, 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 no. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand. It gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and not go, you're amazing. Look how great. No, no, no. And give glory to your Father who's in heaven. First Corinthians 14, they would walk in and go, there is a God among you. And in this moment, we're like, yeah, but... Yeah, but the dark, this time is really dark. I mean, like back in the 80s, it was kind of dark, but this time is like really dark. I don't want to mess with that kind of dark. Folks, the dark has always been just as dark. It's just that it was a kind of darkness that we sort of understood a little bit better or maybe even sympathized with a little bit. And now the dark feels really dark. No, from God's perspective, it's always been light and dark. It's always been just as dark, and his light has always been enough. The hope of the world to the hopelessness of the world. There's darkness in your communities and in mine. In your nations and in mine. In in the communities and nations not represented in this room, there's darkness that only the light of Jesus can overcome. Sickness only that Jesus can heal. Shame only Jesus can cover. Sin only Jesus can forgive. And longings only Jesus can satisfy. And we ain't done yet. Speaking again to those who so boldly stood up yesterday saying, okay, maybe one day I would plant a church. Let me put courage in you. Because I think if I were you, I might look up here and go, any of the guys who are up here like, well, you know, I mean, it makes sense. You know, they planted a church, they lead a church, whatever. 
We didn't know anything. I'm being serious. You know, driving across the country, I listened to a, Tim, a guy I heard about called Tim Keller. That's, that's, that's what I knew. Downloaded some stuff. Driving across the country to plant a church, I found out I was reformed. <laughs> Friends, that ain't, that ain't, that's not a good strategy, all right? That's not. I showed up on Friday, and I was like, church starts Sunday, and I, I think I might, am I a heretic? I don't know. Like, I, I was totally confused. That's not a good plan, Okay. The church that we came out of Southlands was generous to us, but they'd been through hell. They didn't really have anything to give. They didn't have any money. I didn't know anything. We had a handful of friends, and they were excited, but they didn't know anything. We were practically homeless. We lived upstairs at someone else's house. We, we, we couldn't even put our own stuff in the refrigerator. The lady, uh, she, she's so sweet and kind, but she was into labeling. She printed off labels like ketchup. Mustard and like everything was in order, and so I'm like, even the refrigerator, nothing was mine in there. We didn't have any jobs. We had nothing, and God just breathed on it. He breathed on it. And some of you are going, oh man, if I, but I got to get to this, and I got to know that, and I got to be like Andrew Wilson, and Matt Hosier, and that, and Ryan Thomas does, and that, and that, and that. No, we knew nothing, and we just said yes. I bet you know more than I did. I bet you have more than I did. All you need is just to, man, go for it. We're in your corner. We love you. We got your back. And we need you. We need, as Brian said, we need tons of churches planted. Keep holding out Jesus to a hurting world. Gosh, this sounds like a lot. Okay, so I got to hold on to Jesus. I got to hold on to each other. I got to hold out Jesus' world. It ain't just a lot. It's impossible. Unless something else isn't going on in the background. Verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you. I hope I don't stumble. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. I hope I make it to the end. I don't know. I'm going to try. That guy didn't and that guy didn't. To present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. My friends. Let's keep remembering it's Jesus who keeps you. Let's keep remembering it's Jesus who keeps you. Coming out of this last season, there can be a sense in which we like, I better try even harder because I'm sure that guy was trying and she was trying. Jesus and Jesus alone. The weight of the world isn't on your shoulders or mine. The crushing weight of sin and burdens and pain and sorrow, they're on his. Scripture makes it clear. We sow, we water, he makes things grow. And the worst thing that can happen to us, I think, coming out of a season like we come out of, is a doubling down, already tired, already exhausted, already beat up and spit up and chewed up, coming out of that and going, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to do better. That's the worst thing I think that can happen. We come out of this last season more confident of what we need to do and what we should have done better and what we got to keep on doing than what Jesus has kept on doing for us. It's Jesus who keeps you. It's Jesus who will keep you. It's Jesus who will keep us. Jesus did want us to know things would be hard, right? John 16, we... I want you to know that in this world you'll have tribulation. But he goes on to say, hey, take heart. Don't droop your head and Eeyore and, oh, man, it's gonna, I'm never going to make it. No, take heart, which is this be warmed on the inside. I love that visual. That's what he says. I want, your, 
I don't, 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 don't get cold and distant and, 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 and dis- discouraged. No, no, be warmed up. Be cheered up on the inside. Take heart. I have overcome the world. The one who builds his church, who calms storms, who raises the dead. He's got us. He's got you. He's got me. He's got our churches. We are leading through really hard times, but we are in really, really good hands. So, my friends, remember that it is he who has kept us and it is he, he who will keep on keeping us. We need to remember that. And sometimes you need to look at each other and go, hey, I think you're forgetting who's keeping us. I think you're forgetting who's keeping you. And then Jude ends with this incredible reminder of the eternality of our God to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And so that's my the last charge I think we see here. So let's keep living for His, His eternal fame and glory. We're not rallying behind a leader or a movement or anything. No, no. We're living for Him. His eternal fame and glory. The one who has always been and the one who will always be. Through all the ages, as we've heard, you know, Christine and others walk us through these, these, these major moments, Masala, these major moments in history. God has been faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful and faithful. We think of Sarah in Hebrews, it says she was able to conceive Isaac, physically impossible, in fact, laughable. Because she could look over her shoulder and judge him faithful who'd made the promise. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. We are a kept people. We're going to be kept. We're going to be kept. But as we're being kept, let's keep on. Let's keep on remembering the road's going to be difficult. Not in a sadistic way, but just in a reality way. Hey, we've been through some stuff. And we're probably going to go through some more stuff. Let's remember this is an endurance race. Not a walk in the park. Let's keep on remembering that. Let's keep on holding on to Jesus. Let's keep holding on to each other. This isn't optional. This is, this is necessary. You better have some people on your ride or die list or you're not going to make it. Let's keep holding out Jesus to the world all around us. I'd love to invite you now to um, break up into some groups and to pray for one another. Keep the groups kind of small. This is a chance to get a little honest. And maybe one of these things, maybe, maybe you want to say, Hey, if I can be honest, I've kind of dropped the ball a little bit on holding on to Jesus. I've spent a lot of time and energy holding on to this church. I've got to keep this church together. I've got to keep this church together. And I stopped holding on to Jesus. Friends, that's not a win. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's, you know what, I have really, I've taken a back step on holding on to each other. In fact, even being here was a bit like, I don't know, do I really need this? There's so many other things. I mean, I need a, I need a fresh just reminder from the Lord to hold on to, to others. Maybe it's, man, we've just, we've just pulled mission back. It got so hard. It got so challenging. And what do you, everything you say, you're going to get canceled. I, I don't want to mess with that. And we, we've kind of drifted away from mission. Man, I, I just need, I want to freshly hold out Jesus. And maybe it's, you know what, I've, I've not neglected all those things. I just, in the back of my head, have actually believed it's not Jesus isn't actually holding me. That it's up to me to hold all this together. If one of those things is true, break up into groups and just spend a few minutes praying for each other. Spend less time talking, more time praying, and then Brian will come walk us through worship. So the band can come on up.